In this episode, we discuss the based-on-a-board-game movie that ruined Clue's good name, Battleship. Flophouse, I'm Dan McCoy. Hey, I'm Stuart Wellington. And hey to the third, I'm Elliot Kalen, the third. How you guys Actually, doing? the second. Good, I missed you guys. You guys were oh, on the trail. Yeah, we were away for a couple we weeks. We not reveal too much, but we're out, yeah, we're out of town. Reveal too much. I mean, we work for a television know, yeah. show that was very publicly at the political conventions. That's true. So, uh, but yeah, so I didn't get a lot of Dan and Elliot time, huh? Yeah, sorry about this. And we missed our Stuart time. We did yeah, cool. hang out together while watching Seth Rogen movies. We figured that was oh, the closest okay. we yeah, could Yeah, I mean, get. it's basically the same thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. We, put a, we, we put your face on a uh, trash can. Okay. <laughs> and we put a tape recorder inside of it. <laughs> that went, well, that wow! Got, yeah, that's the right reverb. <laughs> so, uh, Sounds a lot like me. Yeah, but now we're all back together. Yep. For one brief shining moment. Before we're torn asunder. I mean, it's not, it's not that brief. The movie, oh, the not movie literally. we watched was pretty long. Yeah, that was the, one of the longer movies we watched for this thing, if yeah. not the longest. Well, let's set this up. Uh, this is The Flop House, <laughs> a podcast where we watch a bad movie and then we chat about it afterwards. And tonight we watched a movie that was a trim two hours and 11 minutes Oof, long. Yeah, a short 131 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> they couldn't cut a single minute No, from this it was movie. lean, it cut to the bone. No Peter fat Berg's on this thing. magnum opus, and I do mean magnum, battleship. Why, why magnum? I don't like, know, was that a pun? Magnum means guns, large or? in the sense that like a magnum condom is a large, a not, large I'm gentleman. Not I thought you. magnum condom was like regular size. Like Magnum you know, P.I. Guys, was like you know, a guys big like P.I. Me. Yeah. Magnum P.I. was a, a giant P.I., yeah. <laughs> and Magnum Force, the Dirty Harry movie, is about an enormous cop. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was an just army a big of 10,000 cops. Um, a big force. Yeah, well, it's about, a lot of It's the guys. about the strong cosmic force, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, this movie, Battleship. Battleship. Was about battleships, right? Not really. <laughs> It was about the, ha- the the sales of the Hasbro game of the same name, right? This movie, Battleship, was about how far can a studio go to license a pre-existing property and try to craft a story around it. That is also, as much as possible, the story of the movie Transformers. Should we should yeah, we talk was... about it? I mean, <laughs> I mean it's probably what we usually do. Can we talk about something else? <laughs> I, yeah, we could. We would probably be using our time much more wisely if we didn't talk about Battleship. Well, we already wasted over two hours watching. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I yeah, missed you guys. Maybe we could just talk about what you bet. Uh, should we go through the plot briefly of Battleship? Please, let's do that. Well, let, let's just go over what the opening scenes of Battleship are like. Right. Because Elliot, for once, wrote I started these down, writing them down because I was like on the back of a receipt. I was like, I'm going to want to remember these, and then a couple scenes in, I was like, well, I don't want to remember any of this. Uh, okay, we start off with a bunch of scientists telling a bunch of reporters and other scientists that they're going to beam a message into space to look for aliens. Seems like a pretty, you know, concept we've all, we're familiar with. Yeah, but they go on about it movies. for a while. This movie treats you as if you don't know anything about space, you've never seen a movie about aliens. What's an alien? Exactly. That's what, they're like, there are planets so guy, like Earth. So guys for that, our jobs, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, Build you're thinking of, uh, you're thinking of uh, fence, immigrants. Oh, okay. <laughs> Build the space fence. <laughs> Let's finish the dang space fence. 
to keep the aliens out from stealing our killing people and taking over the world jobs. Uh, so they explain for a while that a message is going to be beamed into space, and then they do just that. Cut to Taylor Kitsch, star of the show Friday Night Dreyfus, the show about <laughs> Richard Dreyfus, uh, is Close. with his brother, who it turns out later is named Stone. Yeah, we found that out in uh, wait after during the he credits. Died, right? Yeah, after, yeah. Oh no, it was the last scene. Spoiler kind of, alert. So, but like Taylor Kitsch's last name is Hopper, by the way. So his brother's name is Stone Hopper. Stone Hopper, which is not a name. <laughs> uh, and Stone Hopper is talking to his brother about how his brother. Something Hopper, Sam Hopper, Alex Hopper, Dennis the main Hopper. character of the movie. They we don't know. Everyone man. calls him Hopper, including his girlfriend. But they're at a bar. Hopper's just turned twenty something, and he is a total, you know, loser. A he's, screw up. He's, screw up. He is a total goofball. Mm-hmm. He's got nothing I going. Mean, I wouldn't for say him. he's a goofball. He's in pretty a, serious. <laughs> in a slobs versus snobs comedy, he would be cast as one of the slobs, oh, like, like a young Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly. Sure. Well, I mean, he does not get no respect. So he's more he's like a, the same age Andrew W.K. with his long hair and his yeah. partying hard. Okay, so a pretty girl walks up to the bar, and sure. she wants to order a chicken burrito, since apparently this is one of those bars that has that. The bartender refuses to serve it to her. And of course, she's wasted. The bartender says, <laughs> the, the kitchen is closed, and he closed the microwave door. Which is a funny joke. Yeah, it's a funny joke, but then, like, that doesn't mean that the woman then afterwards is like, oh, that's what the chicken burrito is? No, thank you. That seems to redouble her thirst for a chicken hey, burrito. Look, she's a cool gal. Well, she saw, she, likes she saw that microwave. It yeah. was immaculate. Yeah, it was, it was very clean. Spotless. Almost as if they had just bought it for a film shoot, <laughs> and it had never been used. Uh, so he says... He, uh, Taylor Kitsch is trying to hit on her, and he says, if you give me five minutes, I'll get you that chicken burrito. And she says, okay, you got five minutes. Because that's run, impossible. He five run, minutes to make a chicken burrito. <laughs> he doesn't have the, the well, he supplies. Didn't say. He doesn't have the skills. <laughs> He's got to go to cooking school in five minutes, then grow the chicken. Sure. He doesn't know how it works. He's that planting eggs in the ground, <laughs> planting eggs in the ground to grow chicken trees. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing. He runs across the street to a convenience store, which is closing. Uh-oh, they won't let him in. So the next scene, to the to literally to the Pink Panther theme, is yeah. him breaking into the Not convenience store. Not a sound store. alike to the Pink Panther theme. They they bought the Pink Panther theme. <laughs> Henry Mancini's Pink Panther theme. <laughs> and he breaks into a convenience store, falls through the ceiling, Gets his chicken burrito, falls through the ceiling again. He pays for that burrito. Pays, he leaves somebody on the counter. The cops are waiting for him outside, and he runs past the cops, is tased as he hands the burrito to the girl. Okay. Yeah. This is a movie about space battleships. <laughs> we don't know that yet. All we know is space exists, and this guy went to great lengths to get a burrito. This is still the fun yeah, portion of the movie. Yeah, maybe we were taken to the movie with a blindfold on, <laughs> not told what movie we were watching. <laughs> we would think it was called Burrito Ship. Yeah. It was burrito about- Thief. <laughs> Burrito Thief, the movie, based on the Hasbro board game, Burrito Thief. Archibald Burritoton Third has his burrito safe wide open, but you're up against three other burrito thieves who want to steal that burrito. I believe that Colonel Mustard thieved that burrito in the convenience store with his hands. Wait, you can get a mustard burrito? Only a kernel mustard burrito. It's got to have corn kernels in it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that sounds pretty good. It's uh, a lot of starch, his, though. The next day, his brother says... He, uh, Taylor Kitsch his brother wakes, Stone. Taylor Kitsch wakes up in a, in a bathtub full of ice, which leads me to believe his brother stole his kidney. Yes. Uh, and his brother Stonehopper says... That's it. You're a screw-up. 
you're joining me in the Navy. And he goes, huh? Cut to Smash the ocean shot. battleship <laughs> <Next> title. <day. laughs> and suddenly it's the Japan versus U.S. Navy soccer game. Uh, Taylor Kitsch is cleaned up. He's either the captain of the team or something. And uh, one of the Japanese players kicks him in the face by accident. They get into a fight and he misses a very easy penalty shot. Uh, and this, you're like, all right, this movie's kind of funny. Proving that he can't handle the pressure of performing in front of a crowd of Japanese people. Yes. I, mm-hmm. I mean, none of us can accept gay and they've been trained for that. Yeah. Uh, so by this point, you think this is a movie about a screw-up who's joined the Navy, and they're going to teach him how to be a man. Mm-hmm. This could be a very fun movie. Yeah. So you're like, okay, you know what? This movie sounded stupid. It's based on a board game. I don't expect much, but I'm being entertained. Let's go. All right, movie, show you what you've got. Show me what you've got next. And what you've got next is two hours of the most boring movie <laughs> maybe ever. <laughs> and... It is, this is like, you know, an Andy Warhol movie level of boring. Uh, I, there's a brief moment later on that gets exciting when they introduce a bunch of, a bunch of geezers. That's true. Okay. Well, Until yeah. that point, though, so. What Alien- are you talking about, Elliot? There's a bunch of explosions in that movie. Oh, but they're so explosions boring. Explosions are always exciting. No, they're not, explosions apparently. Explosions Sound effects, robot effects. Yeah. I'll give you one Sound thing. robot effects. So, aliens look like the Halo to guys. Make a, to make a long story short, Halo aliens guys. got our message. They come back. Everybody repeats over and over again the most basic facts about alien invasions as if you've never seen a movie about alien invasions. Then, Like Peter Berg, the director, is obsessed with the idea like, oh, I've seen a million alien invasion movies. I'm going to do it right this time. So no one will ever have to go back and watch those <laughs> movies that they probably already watched. Basically, basically yeah. Right? Uh, so there's a lot of like... There are five shapes coming towards I've us. I've been working on that impression for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Your Peter Berg impression. Yeah. There are five shapes coming hit. towards us. They're in formation. Oh, my God. It looks like they're being piloted. Uh, they're sending back a message. Where, where from? What are these things? Uh-oh. Now they're lit. La- it's like they're alien spaceships. Like they're everyone, probably sending that you sent message out a, back to space where you, you sent the message. You the sent out a message to attract aliens, and now aliens are here, and you're like, what's going on? I don't understand. So aliens land. Uh, one of the ships hits a satellite and crashes and destroys Hong Kong. Uh, the other ships just start shooting away at Navy boats. Mm-hmm. Sure, why not? We're in the middle of a U.S.-Japan joint naval opera- exercise. The aliens land. They seal off a force field around some of the battleships and yeah, they, they hang put, around they this, for a like, while. They put this force field dome over it, and it seems like they've got no interest in going anywhere. Like, they just came down... Just hang out in the water, shoot anything that's under this dome, this impregnable dome they've got. Except they somehow get past the force field. The force field seems to change size between small enough to cover three spaceships and a couple of battleships, and big enough, or a couple of, I don't know what they were, maybe they're not battleships, maybe they're destroyers, and big enough to cover the island of Oahu. Because that's where this relay station is that's shooting messages into space. Uh, And they have these spinning chain wheels that can just kind of roll through anything and cause lots of destruction. But the Navy can't seem to figure out how to get in to stop them, even though... I don't know. They must have other ships in the air. Like, it's the geography of the whole thing is really crazy. They've got these chain wheels that are like... If you took Ghost Rider, uh, the Tasmanian Devil... And like a robot and mixed them all up and together. And a little bit of Pac-Man. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, the Tasmanian Devil isn't a robot in this world. He's an actual <laughs> he's Tasmanian Devil. No I mean, world. he's not a robot in the cartoons either. He's not a robot. Okay. No. 
But how does he do that thing where he spins around and shoots laser beams at people? <laughs> no laser no beams. Lasers. He just Wait spins around. You think you're thinking of the wheel from this am movie? Th- am I thinking of Gizmo Duck? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you are thinking of Gizmo Duck when he but, presses all the buttons at once <laughs> and goes battle crazy. Uh, the ancient. <laughs> it's his blood frenzy. It's his, he goes. He's a berserker. That's what yeah. people don't know about Gizmo Duck. Is he's from a long line of he's Scandinavian berserkers. Wears the bear shirt and what he does, <laughs> he's very nice. Underneath his armor, he's wearing the bear shirt. Yeah, he becomes yeah. more animal than man on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so more duck than robot. <laughs> so, no, he's already a duck. What? They're all ducks. Okay. More robot than duck. He, he dons a uh, like a duck animal spirit. Yes. <laughs> but he's already a duck. I guess it's their ancient ancestor. The spirit of a cave duck gets into him. Much like that one Ghostbusters episode where they call back Winston. You're talking about uh, the real Ghostbusters. The real Ghostbusters, <laughs> yes. Uh, where they call back Winston's ancient African ancestor to defeat a spell or something. Wait, what? You don't remember that one? Wow. Was that with the boogeyman? There's a part where they're going. No, it's not. I think I Did want that co-star Lavar Burton. No, um, it didn't. All right, but it does. It's interesting because they're going past. They're going through his past, and he turns into a sharecropper very briefly, and eventually turns into an African tribesman. And it's like, huh? They really crammed a lot of the African American experience into this couple seconds of the real Ghostbusters. I want to say it's the episode where they're in the Museum of Natural History and the skeletons come to life, but I don't know that it is. Well, okay, the world so. may never know. But J. Michael Straczynski probably wrote that episode. But anyway, <laughs> so anyway, the aliens want to send a message back to their planet that's probably along the lines of like, let's blow this place up. Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, we're bad for some reason. We're bad for send some reason. Cops, and we, we And we periodically attack things and sometimes don't. Uh, the uh, They attack... They get. I don't even remember why they get into a battle with the ships, but during it, they kill There's Stonehopper. There's a couple ships in the fucking bubble, and they blow up two of them and then just forget about the third one. For yeah, a while. and Stonehopper is killed, and so his brother, our, our star Taylor Kitsch, who apparently is the, the next most senior officer on board, becomes captain of the ship. Even, even though, though he's a screw up. Everyone knows he's a hothead screw up. He's a total goofball. And not well, very good at soccer. This, and not very thing. good at soccer. And also, the Japanese captain is on the ship with him, and they do not get along. Mm-hmm. And he also soccer. He, and he also <laughs> is dating the the daughter of the admiral, right? Played by Liam Neeson, who has basically a cameo. If you cut like together, lines, if basically. you cut together all of Liam Neeson's scenes, I'd be surprised if it was more than six minutes. Yeah, if you saw the trailer to Battleship, you'd think, oh, this is a Liam Neeson vehicle. Yeah, like, this is like Taylor Kitsch, the Neeson Liam Mobile. Neeson. Uh, that he's would be, a, be the young hothead for a tall man. That would be a Liam. Ne- that would be Neeson's not the, the tall man. figure. If I can describe my Liam Neeson vehicle. The Neeson Mobile. Okay, sorry. Okay, it's like the truck in Maximum Overdrive. Instead of the Green Goblin's face, it's Liam Neeson's face. Mm -hmm. Okay. It also shoots out blades or with a beard. Currently, like the gray Liam Neeson beard, kind of haggard. A little bit of blood. And uh, it shoots out tiny little cocktail bottles from airplanes, like in the gray. And it's it fights wolves, like in the gray. (laughs) He bought. I mean, cars fight wolves anyway. (laughs) He bought it when he made the gray. (laughs) Yeah, he's based around the gray mainly. (laughs) But there's also other Neeson stuff in, like you can change the face in the front like in dark man and okay. also it saves jews like in schindler's list sure the neeson mobile all right from no, nissan <laughs> <laughs> the nissan nissan mobile it's a liam neeson vehicle <laughs> but you would have thought that this was a liam neeson joint they advertise this as starring liam neeson and rihanna yeah and rihanna has a fairly sizable role i don't even remember if they she put said, she's she has a lot a lot of attitude she's got a lot of sass mm-hmm. 
She's a sassmobile. There's a lot of shots of her like reacting to things with water on her face. <laughs> it's because they're all getting wet because they're in the ocean. Oh, that makes sense. So anyway, this. Rat- but really, like the Japanese guy is, is like the second lead in this film. He's the hero of the movie. Basically. Yeah, I mean, he's the competent one. He's so basically this ragtag. There's two. So it's like Big Trouble in Little China. Exactly. There's okay. two ragtag crews. It's big Trouble in Little Hawaii. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess it's not on the Big Island, so it is Little yeah, Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, there's two ragtag crews that have to save the world. One is Taylor Kitsch, Rihanna, some other guy from Friday Night Lights that I didn't recognize. Jesse Plemons. Yeah, Landry. Landry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Captain Nagata, who's a Japanese guy. Uh, and the other ragtag crew is. Brooklyn Decker playing... Uh, Is that his, who that was? Yeah, some yeah. kind of a busty right. blonde. Busty blonde playing Taylor Kitsch's girlfriend, who's also the daughter of Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. A double amputee army veteran played by a real double amputee army veteran. So show some fucking respect, guys, please. Mm-hmm. I, okay. And a and a very irritating, like, overly neurotic... Nerd. Nerd computer scientist. Yeah, space nerd. Who a works Jeff at, Goldblum type. Except, like, Jeff Goldblum... But without the sexiness. Jeff Goldblum to the power of Jay Baruchel. Okay. Right. Uh, and he and they have to stop the aliens from sending out a message. These two ragtag crews each have their thing. Mm-hmm. Now the aliens blow us blow stuff up by shooting bombs that look like giant pegs and then stick into the ships and blow them up. That's one of the Wait two. A that reminds me of something uh, uh, like a game that I once played. What was the name of that game? Uh, Snakes and ladders. No, it wasn't snakes and ladders. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't mousetrap either because that game sucked. <laughs> it wasn't mousetrap. It was a different sucky game. Cribbage that has pegs. That's no, not cribbage. <laughs> And not uh What's that peg Othello? game you do in a Cracker Barrel? Is oh, the, like the jump the thing. Yeah, no, the jump the and it wasn't Mastermind. That's another game with pegs. <laughs> okay. It uh, wasn't Life was it where you the put the pegs in your car. Married with Children uh, board game with Peg Bundy? <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> Is that like a trivia game? Or? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to assume so. <laughs> you, get a, you get a little extra bonus whenever what, what you're in no the toilet What does No Man stand flush. for? Go. No, ma'am. Yeah, yeah no, you know, ma'am. no, ma'am. His organization. So he already lost. He, he turned it into a church that failed. one time, so he didn't have to pay taxes on it. Uh, I lose. What does it stand for, Stuart? I don't remember. <laughs> you have defeated the quizmaster. It was a bluff. <laughs> the rare double bluff. Answer me these questions three about married with children. Warning: I don't know the answers. That's why I'm asking you. <laughs> Trying to fill out this questionnaire. <laughs> this married with children questionnaire. Uh, so anyway. That's the other thing that's like Battleship is that eventually, after a ton of boring explosions and a lot of yelling, we're revealed what the aliens look like, which is they look like just dudes. They look like humans with like weird like sea anemones. On yeah, their, space beards. They look space beards. beards that basically look like a bunch of toothpicks are stuck in their chin. Yeah. They have four fingers on their hands and they have eyes like a lizard. And one of the guys on the ship notices he has a pet lizard and that pet lizard doesn't like sunlight very much so i guess aliens don't like sunlight either yeah so that's a weakness they learn it's great logic uh but they basically just dress up like armor like the guys in the halo video game it's the least imaginative alien design you could think of and i'm sure they spent hours designing it much like the aliens in cowboys and aliens which they spent hours designing but looked incredibly boring Uh a lot of boring explosions so the other thing that's like the game Battleship, and this is where Captain Nagata really shines, is instead of using their radar, because the alien ships don't show up on radar because of their bullshit technology that is really great until the ships need to lose at the end, and yep. it stops being a powerful, yeah. they use the frequency of different, like, what, electro, <clears throat> electro radio buoys in the water, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they see where... They're, they're like anti-tsunami, like, weather Is boys. that what they are? Yeah. And they look at where there are blank shapes where the ships are... 
distorting the electromagnetic field. And they and then, and then they go A twelve. <laughs> basically, they're like Romeo twenty nine, <laughs> and then they fire a torpedo. And if it hits, they go hit. And if it doesn't, they go miss. And mm-hmm. this goes on for probably like seven minutes, but it feels like it's an hour. <laughs> There's a lot of people shots of people looking at screens. A lot of yeah, and Rihanna looking at screens especially, mm-hmm. but like. If there was ever a game... Man, I could watch Rihanna look at a phone book. Am I right, guys? <laughs> yeah. Wait. Really? It sounds boring. <laughs> I got to tell you, Battleship is a boring like game. yellow pages? <laughs> White pages, blue pages, okay. any pages, man. That's sure. all the pages. <laughs> Battleship is a boring game to play, but it is an especially boring game to watch someone oh, play. Oh, wow. Gloves come off. Gloves come off. I've never liked Battleship. Fuck it's a you, boring game. Battleship. It's space. Fuck you, Hasbro. The game is basically guess some numbers. <laughs> The only way to make the game interesting is if you cheat by moving your ships between turns or having the ships so they hang off the board a little bit mm. so there's part of them that's not within the field of play. Only way to make it interesting. So watching these people basically play Battleship is super boring. But they blow up a bunch of the alien spaceships because we've reached that. This is about an hour and 40 minutes into the movie where it's like, okay, the humans need to start winning, so the aliens need to stop being invincible yeah. and start being total pushovers. For some reason, we can blow them up now. Yeah, to the point that these aliens that have crazy, like, rotating metal blades on their hands can be beaten up by a man with no legs. <laughs> yeah. And that that's something that happens. A bullet, double amputee gets into a fist fight with an alien and, and, a, and knocks his teeth out. Yeah, he slow motion knocks his teeth out. Bullets. They have the same teeth as us. Bullets, which so far have, <laughs> they do have the same teeth as us. That's convergent we're so, evolution. We're not so different, you and I. <laughs> yeah, you know. Clearly, if we could have bonded over our teeth. <laughs> and, and beards. Yeah, well, we our beards are different, though. They have toothpick beards. We have hair beards. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Bullets, which didn't seem to affect the alien ships before, now do a ton of damage to them. Oh, man, yeah. But I skipped over. So they – and then their ship gets blown up, right? Mm -hmm. They give away their position. Their ship gets blown up. They've got to – After they, like, smoke three alien ships. Yeah. They've got to find a new ship. Where do they find this ship? Well, in the beginning, Uh we saw Liam Neeson commemorate a former World War II or Korean War era battleship – as a muse- floating museum, it's time to go to the USS Missouri. So they go there, but they don't know how to... This ship is 60, 70 years old. They don't know how to use it. There's no computers on it. How are they How are they going to learn to sh- shoot this ship? Probably Step just, one, probably turn on right some now. ACDC. Okay. <laughs> Step one, turn ACDC on Thunderstruck by ACDC. There's already probably some old fucking veterans hanging around, because what else are they going to do? You're, you're in luck. There are so many old veterans on this <laughs> there ship. There are about... It's there, like they're haunting. <laughs> there's suddenly a, he looks up and suddenly there's just like old veterans hanging around the ship like the birds on the playground in the birds. It's like so, are they ghosts? What happened? And then a big crew of veterans walks up. I must have yeah. missed the part where they <laughs> like, sent out an all APB all alert to call in Navy veterans because they're just suddenly there. We heard there's some aliens who need their asses kicked. Or yeah, I, it's I, like somebody <laughs> somebody pulled off the uh, the, the tinfoil from a buffet and all these guys come wandering <laughs> up. They heard that Denny's was have, was starting 30 minutes early for the early bird. But, or, some, or I missed the line at the beginning where they're like, now this battleship, instead of fighting for war, will be a museum of peace. And also... Housing for all these homeless Navy veterans because <laughs> they're just there hanging around. Uh, and now, luckily, in a, uh, despite the fact that they brought some 
I guess like toys or like video. What the fuck they bring? Like a like a crane where you can grab out. Like, <laughs> well, there's like carnival games on the yeah, ship. Yeah, carnival games because they've turned they it into did a museum. Not in any way remove all of the exploding <laughs> munitions. No, they left all that. shit. This was now a public place to go to, but it's still full of yeah, active live shells. ammunition. Live ammo. I mean, what are, what are you going to do with it? You can't just toss it in the water anymore. No, of course <laughs> that's against the law. Those sharks get pissed. Can't shoot it into space because the aliens will find it. They'll use it against you. <laughs> yeah, you can't eat it. It's not edible. <laughs> You can't give it away as gifts. It's dangerous. Leave it. Leave it be. Just, Just leave it on the boat. Leave it there for anyone to hit it with a hammer. Leave it for the old specters to play with. <laughs> and so they retro, they refit this ship in about thirty seconds. So you like grizzly like grizzly faces. You like mustaches. <laughs> this is the movie for you guys. And this was the this was the one moment after the soccer game and the wrote and the giant metal wheel that just burst through things that. This suddenly it was like, all right, this is a goofy movie again. Here's some fun. It's just like a lot of old guys. It's basically like Navy cowboys, you know? <laughs> old people who have to come out of retirement to, to save the world, aliens. to fight aliens. And like, have there been any old people versus aliens movies? There have to have been, right? There's old people I mean, and aliens is, are friends. Yeah, it's friend- cocoon. I mean, yeah. And Bubba Hotep is old people versus a mummy. Yeah. I mean, mummies. Could be from outer space, though. I mean, I don't think that Stargate. Yeah, that's the thing, dude. He's probably a Guauld. <laughs> that's true. He's probably yeah that. Uh, so anyway, Guauld. That's what they're called. <laughs> what space mummies? Yes, yeah, they're sp- <laughs> a race of space mummies. Mummies. <laughs> Let's see. If the movie was Mars, Mars needs mummies. I think okay, we would have been eager to help them. Mars needs moms. We need those moms. <laughs> Mars needs mummies. We sure. just got these There's dusty mummies dick. lying yeah, around. We're going to steal your around. breath. Do yeah. whatever you want. Grind them up to make aphrodisiac or something. I don't know, Mars. Do what you <laughs> want with mummies. There's only so many mummy dicks. <laughs> Look, we don't need them opening their mouths and having hordes of bees or whatever come out. Let's just send them to Mars. They're scarab beetles, dude. <laughs> well, whatever they are. Mars could use them for something. I don't know. Yeah. Grind them up into aphrodisiac powder. That's all I know what to do with them. You can only do that with a mummy dick, dude. <laughs> So what are we going to do with the rest of the mummy? Shoot it up to Mars. Mars needs mummies. (laughs) Battleship. Scouring pads. Make scouring pads out of those. If we're lucky, lucky, they're wrapped in random lines from like a missing Aristophanes classic. Yeah. You know, maybe if we're lucky. But otherwise, send it to Mars, dude. Mm -hmm. Just put it on a rover. Ship it up there. Yeah. Yeah, this baby. Get some good shots of him driving the rover around. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Talk about seven minutes of terror. A mummy at loose on the surface of Mars. There's a movie, Mars Mummy. Point is, <laughs> at the end, Taylor Kitsch all of a sudden understands how to be a army guy. Uh, Navy. Navy guy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do whatever. not make that mistake. They do not like it. Uh, they play a football game against each other every year, and they true. act as if they're going to kill each other. Uh, and he, he, but he becomes a great. He harnesses the intelligence yeah. and the wiliness that have so far been hidden under layers of goofball screw upness, mm-hmm. and manages to outsmart the aliens. He uses these old armaments to blow them up because I guess the lesson is the navy stopped making good stuff a while back and yeah. now has just a lot of weak stuff. And also that I guess these alien ships degrade rapidly when they're on the planet because. They fight this giant ship in the end, and like they destroy it. They just yeah, yeah hammer like it starts it so to just sh- like it shoots their ship once, and they're like, oh, whatever. Yeah. They also they, sh- they blow up the array, which leaves them vulnerable. Well, they but sh- by then they've they've gotten rid of the force field. Yeah, and the, and their other other ra- other ragtag group has so far failed to do yeah. anything. But they they <laughs> use the last they use the last shell on the ship to blow up the satellite array. This knocks out the force field somehow, even though the force field was independent of the satellite array earlier. And the fighter, and uh, Liam Neeson goes, get all these jets in the air, and the fighter jets save them. 
No, they yeah. they'd already knocked out the force field. They knocked out then the they blew yeah, up. The array the array. Was just Look, they blew up so many satellite dishes. I don't remember. And the JV squad, which was Brooklyn Decker, the guy without legs, and the annoying guy. Yeah. They did do something. They managed to knock the teeth they, out of one alien. <laughs> they delayed. One alien. They, they didn't delayed. delay. They delayed one alien they from doing nothing. The rest of the guys were like, fuck it, let's just keep working. <laughs> let's keep working. Look, we got a quota to meet. We got that like blades was, on our arms. They're probably going to fuck that. He's going to fuck those guys that up. That guy was always a dick. Let's let him get his teeth point knocked is, out. He's so is. proud of his perfect teeth. Let's let that guy <laughs> knock his teeth out. You know what? I'm tired of hearing Bleep Glorp. Space mush. I'm just, I'm just tired of hearing Bleep Glorp brag about his space mm. teeth. Yeah. We get it. He's got beautiful choppers. Not so pretty now, are they, Gleep Glorp? Have a taste of your own medicine, tooth asshole. Yeah, yeah these, these shaved monkeys really knocked the shit out of your teeth. Uh, but the, I wanted to mention that Taylor Kitsch and the Japanese guy use sniper rifles to shoot out the windows of the command deck of the yeah. alien ship, and awesome. the sunlight blinds them, blinds yeah. the aliens. But it's one of those things where it's like, wow, that space glass is pretty weak. <laughs> so it made it through the atmosphere, I guess, okay, but you can shoot it out with a regular Just sniper like regular rifle. sheets of glass yeah. there. And so, I guess, and also it's, it's apparently well, tinted glass because so, that's how they like, shoot it out, and then they can kill them vampire stuff. Well, they are because their helmets have tinted glass. They established oh, that. But I, I guess it. it's a, and they, they also don't. It's they like don't sugar want glass. People outside seeing them inside. Oh yeah, they could be having sex in there. Come yeah. on, <laughs> probably. <laughs> that's what you do in tinted glass cars, right? Yeah. What do they do with their space As beards? Or? Yeah, they they rub space beards together. Sure. So they've saved the day. Uh, we've learned the valuable lesson that Americans. So the climax and- is over like super fast, right? Yes. All of yeah, a sudden, after a bunch we're of just fucking like- delay. <laughs> Well, after yeah, after but it takes a well, while. Two to- hours of nonsense. Well, they oh that's what they blow up the last ship, and that's it's over. Yeah, it just cuts to medal ceremony. Yep. Chewbacca's Chewbacca finally gets R2 his medal. R two D two, you know, rocks back and forth. And We've learned the valuable lesson that Americans and Japanese people can work together. We don't finally. have to be enemies. Even though the movie opens with a joint U.S. Japanese Navy exercise, it takes the main characters a whole movie to realize. You, you mean know Rim what? Pack? Rim Pack. Yeah, the specific Rim uh, command. Rim Pack. Rim Pack. Yeah. Uh, finally, the characters of the annual. You know what? We're not so different when you compare us to aliens. Mm-hmm. Well, you have I human mean, teeth, not space teeth. And the aliens are pretty similar, except for their weird hands and their eyeballs. Yeah, I mean, they're really boring. They just look like and old their, men. And uh, their sea urchin beards. Yeah. Uh, the aforementioned space beards. They get medals. Uh, he gets, they, they give a shout-out to Stonehopper for dying in the line of duty. No yep, mention is made. His name. No mention is made of all the other people who died in the line of duty. They're not cool. Fuck uh, those guys. They didn't have a cool name like Stonehopper. Yeah, Taylor Kitsch Hopper gets the Silver Star. And uh, finally, this is the moment all the movie... He's been trying to work up the courage to ask Liam Neeson for his daughter's hand in marriage, but he keeps screwing the moment up. Mm-hmm. Finally, and he gets the courage. Now's the time, surely, as surely, the savior of the human saved race. saved the world from aliens, and he says, I'd like to ask permission for, to marry your daughter, which is not how you do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys no. called up your wife's I did, father. I did not. I did not I did. use the word permission. I said, I'd like the, to request your daughter's hand in marriage, and my father-in-law said, well, what would you do if I said no? And I said, probably marry her anyway. And he, and you know, he had a hearty laugh. And you said that, and then lit a lit a match on your <laughs> and cheek. Lit a match, threw it in the background. Gas station exploded. I walked away slowly. Uh, <laughs> but he, and then Liam Neeson says no. And then they have a laugh about it, and they go off to eat a chicken burrito. <laughs> Remember that mm. callback. <laughs> then there's the end credits, and then there's a post, there's a post credit scene where some kids in Scotland find a big lump of space junk. And they burn it open, and then an alien hand comes out. The end. 
Yeah. And it takes Oh, so that alien so the nightmare that alien junk turns out that there's an actual alien in it that we kind of assumed as soon as we saw it there, right? Yes, and we're supposed to be scared that one alien is there, even though thousands of aliens, it seems, or at least dozens, have just been destroyed. Yeah, and the one guy without legs totally fucked up that one alien. Yeah. And that was like a big, like a that boss That was a big alien. alien. Yeah. That was a, it was not like a whole game boss, but definitely like a level boss. Yeah, exactly. So, Stuart, what made this movie so amazing? Um, <laughs> I will say there was one, one, there were a couple lines I liked in it. One line at the, the they're <clears> talking <throat> about the art of war, and Taylor Kitsch is like, I read that, doesn't make any sense. Attack your enemy where he's not. How do you explain that? And Captain Nagata goes, "That's Chinese book, not Japanese." And at the end, they he does he does a stupid trick on the aliens, and he goes, "Attack the enemy where, enemy where they're not." I get it. It suddenly it just clicked, and Captain Nagata says, "That's not what that means. That's completely different." And he goes, "What?" And this, we're like, "Really?" And that's the end of that scene. But anyway, you're saying Stuart, what made the movie amazing? Yeah, because you know, loved man. it, right? The whole no, time I you were it. on the edge I of your seat, clapping my hands, cheering, going, "Yeah, yeah, yeah!" There was Ooh. a lot of good. Uh, I like the part where they show that they fished an alien, a dead alien body out of the ocean and they're looking at it for a while and then the alien, oh no, wow, it's alive and it starts wrestling with them and then the wall explodes and a bunch of aliens show up, take their buddy and just leave. <laughs> just vamos. Well, that, that, I mean, like that leads into an interesting Well, you never leave an alien behind. The, yeah. There's like a middle part of the movie. I'd like to hear their story. <laughs> <laughs> alien Team 6 or whatever. <laughs> Alien Team Glorp. There's a there's a whole like middle section of the movie where the aliens have decided that Taylor Kitsch's battleship is not worth fucking with. Yeah, they they target it and then he like turns the ship around. Yeah, he turns the ship around, like turns the guns off or whatever, and they're like, okay, well, not a threat anymore. But then later on, they like send in like individual aliens to cause chaos on his ship. It's like, why not just shoot the fucker down if you're gonna do this? They're toying with him. It's a game of cat and alien. I guess alien and mouse, but also the no, alien. I think cat and alien. <laughs> and alien? Aliens eat cats, right? <laughs> yeah, Alf did. That's true. Good point. Very Alf, good point. Um, can you? Who are you not familiar with? No, is that Gordon Shumway, the what alien life form? Yeah, alien. Oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. The cat eating, rock and roll loving party animal alien, mm-hmm. uh, whose alcoholism was so harsh in the first season that they a, dialed it back for later episodes. It's like a like a book, like a like a series of novels. It's like a book you watch on television. We call it a television show. Oh, okay. It's uh, on nowadays, right? On Lifetime? No, or? it's been off the air for about 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Lifetime. It is a story for women. <laughs> it's on what? The uh, the Oxygen Network? Yeah. It's, it's, about, channel? it's about an abusive alien husband. <laughs> <laughs> it's called The Burning Bed on the Spaceship. <laughs> Mother, may channel? I sleep with alien. <laughs> Ancient aliens? Uh, so... The aliens, when they look at things, they have kind of like a Terminator targeting array that differentiates between organic and non-organic materials. Because they'll look at a person, and they'll see it has eyes, it has a heart, lungs, not worth our trouble. Then it'll look at, like, a wall or a wire, and that will come up red on the display, and they're like, we'll attack that. Yeah, the, the spinning death balls do that. Yeah, it didn't attack people, but it would attack guns, cars, helicopters, highway ramps. I like the bit where the spinning death ball... It looks like it just barely misses the helicopter, and then it lashes out its chain tail and rips the helicopter in half, and then it pauses just long <laughs> enough to, like, wink at the camera before driving <laughs> off to kill more shit. That chain ball had more personality than most of the characters in the movie. What are you talking about? You got Taylor... But that guy Hitch, was a that guy was Hopper. a veteran of, of you know, wars, man. You that gotta chain be, wheel? Yeah, no, the other guy, the guy that you're Which making guy? fun of. The guy without his legs. He's I'm a not veteran. T- he what had personality. I'm not talking about him. I don't know. 
I'm talking uh, about like here are the personalities. Or had. Rihanna. I mean, she's out of her element <laughs> here. Well, here's the thing. She's normally a singer. She's normally and under- now she's fighting aliens. And <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's it is out of her element. Arc. It's rare that a singer gets to do that. Basically, Debbie Gibson and Pat Benatar, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Bowie was an alien. The, so yeah, they were the alien. Different. That was the alien they were fighting. So yeah. I guess maybe he was. Fi- I mean, to him, humans are aliens, and he was always yeah. fighting humans, right? Yeah, that's true. The lasers. Well, he and now he was a spider from Mars. He came to Earth to get mummies. Okay. <laughs> we thought he was saying mommies. We didn't want to give up our moms. No, we. So we sent him that. packing. Yeah. Then he did that terrible dance in the streets cover mm-hmm. with that crazy video with Mick Jagger. <laughs> it all makes sense now. <laughs> the pieces are falling into place. Uh, and then he turned into Tilda Swinton. Now. Here's the th- the other thing about this movie. Something we were talking about during while watching it was that the movie Aliens, Jim Cameron's Aliens, great movie, uh, does such a good job of introducing these military characters, giving them character that is both down to earth and believable, also interesting and charismatic, and then setting them up to fight aliens. They try to do that in this movie, and they fail so totally, and I can't put my finger on why exactly they fail. And they take a million years to do it. Yeah, and it takes forever to set these guys up. Why, Dan, why do you think they fit? Why do you think these characters I mean, come but alive? I, I, do, I do not know, but I will say, like, they do. you're right in that they spend 40 minutes in this movie before aliens show up. And it's not like, this is not, you know, building suspense. This is not careful world-building 40 minutes like oh when these aliens show up it's going to be it's going to blow the audience's mind this is 40 minutes wasted on thieving burritos and but that's the best games. part that is that's the best, best part, part. Are, but, they, but it's not telling you if anything it was a movie about, about burrito no, thieving true. with inform the explosions the in the background I <laughs> it'd be much it. better if it was called burrito thief based on the game it would have <laughs> yeah. been much better but that's the thing is the scenes that come to life in this movie are the scenes that are so inessential that if they got cut you really wouldn't notice but except the movie would be less enjoyable. But like, they take so long to explain the concept of aliens attacking Earth, something that they've been making movies about for. I mean, it's been in a staple of literature for a hundred years at least. When did War of the Worlds come out? You know, it's one of those big ensemble action movies where they have all these characters, and they need to make sure that all these characters have about one or two. Like five or ten minute character moments yeah. to lead up to them, I guess, fighting an alien. Dying or not dying, basically. And it it just makes it so, like, it just becomes so bloated and unnecessary. But that's, they, how, that's how it reaches two hours and 11 minutes. But it, even those character moments are usually just kind of like, there are two types. Either character is a total goof or they're really sassy. Yeah. And that's about it. No, I mean, they're not actual character moments. It's not like we're watching fucking USA or something. Mm-hmm. Or characters are welcome. Yeah, <laughs> we're watching a guy like berate his coworker for not giving him information in the fashion that he likes it or something like. Yeah, it's not important. They could cut this scene out. Yeah, I think we should move on to our final judgments on this movie. Whether it was a good bad movie, a bad bad movie, a movie we kind of liked. Elliot, what do you have to say about movie kind of liked? Me first. Obviously. Four stars out of. 100. Okay. Uh, no, it's a movie that... <laughs> Unusual rating system. I Going to this movie, it was like, did I have any hope I was going to like it? No, of course not. It's Battleship the movie. It's another stupid alien invasion movie. I like alien stories. This one looked no good. But the first... <laughs> looked no good. <laughs> the first couple scenes had the promise that it could be a good-bad movie because it was, like, silly. It didn't take itself too seriously. The characters did crazy stuff. And then it just went downhill and became so dull. So I'm going to have to say bad, bad movie. Sorry, Peter Berg. What about you, Stuart? Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you. I think 
I think if they had chopped about two an hours, hour they chopped two it, hours out of this movie. <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it has the problem that a lot of these these big movies have, where just there's this huge middle section that doesn't like the action sequences don't make up for it. I think if it's they, the same problem that we had with Cowboys and Aliens, right? Yeah. If they had cut, let's get this serious, guys. This is Cowboys and Aliens, bad, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which is not which it means had potential but didn't didn't live up to it and was boring because this it, had a ton of potential <laughs> it's a great game well, burrito thief is a huge seller <laughs> here's the potential that battleship had it's been a long time since we've seen a naval warfare movie i would say when was the last time they really did one that was not a pirate movie 20 30 years yeah at least easy it would be a lot of fun to see like a really well-made World War II naval battle movie or even a modern-day naval battle movie. But instead, they had to bring aliens and shit into it and transforming stuff because they're working off of that Transformers template that is currently ruining the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie while we speak in production now. But, or in pre-production. But uh, it's just like... Alien what? Turtles? No, thank you. <laughs> the uh, But it definitely could have lost at least 30 minutes out of the movie. Say Cowboys and Aliens could have lost like twenty twenty five. This could have lost anywhere from thirty to forty. You know. Yeah, I would say that if this movie was only the first forty minutes and the last twenty, it might be a good bad movie. I mean, then it would be an hour long. Yeah, and that would be a great link for this story. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, uh, yeah, it was a bad bad movie. It, yeah. it bored me. Yeah, just make it into an episode of Amazing Stories. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of of money in that, right? No. High-budget Amazing Stories episodes. (laughs) Amazing Stories episodes that cost $200 million each. Before we get into letters, I think that we should maybe maybe briefly get into the big announcement that's coming up in uh, Flophouse. Is it time to make that announcement? Uh, I I think we're clear to at least make reference to it. So our big announcement is we're doing a live show next week in Williamsburg. That is a big announcement, though. September 19th, we are doing a live discussion show. we won't be screening a movie, but we're doing a panel within coordination and also appearing on the panel. Yeah. Xenia and Matt of I Love Bad Movies, our favorite zine. Yep. It's September 19th to, at Free Assembly in Williamsburg. Yeah, if you go to www.flophousepodcast.com, uh, there's links, I feel like. And it is a free event, right? Yeah, it's totally free. And we're going to be doing a 21 plus, guys. 21 plus. 21 plus only because they serve beer Sorry, there. 21 Dan doesn't want to get tricked into oogling the wrong girls. He, he no, oogles I mean, the wrong girls. No, I I'll them, but I just don't. I would, he doesn't want right, to get tricked wanna... into sleeping with them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she told me she was 21 plus. Some kind of a gaslighting <laughs> where they trick him out of his inheritance. And we are going to do a screening later in the year, too. Yes. But we'll get, we will announce that. No, but because this is midway through September... And there's a big announcement of this launch uh, October 1st. It oh, seems should like... we wait till October 1st then? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but th- but once that uh, happens, we're part we can't of the edit thing. this out. Yeah, but if we're this may be something to edit out. If we're part of a thing and they're announcing it October 1st, they might not want us to step on their announcement. Maybe let's get in touch with them and see if it's okay to, to announce it ahead of time because we're recording again in a, the week after next. All right. Well, I there's a mysterious thing. <laughs> I think you could probably cut all this section out. No, no, no. Except for boner, the part about boner, no, 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 September no. 19th. No, no. Boner, boner, racist thing. <laughs> no. Well, we have, have we're cutting nothing. We're do, well, there will be something. I don't for, have time to cut this, Elliot. We're going to go to. <laughs> we're going we're, live. We're going to Colorado and then LA this weekend. Oh, that's true. I'm traveling. Uh, well, there, we will have a big announcement that's in coordination with some other folks so we're going to check with them and see if it's okay to announce it yet but we do have a big announcement coming up mm-hmm. and it's that's not right really Stuart Wellington is anything, getting married but 
it's also it's, exciting. It's it'll it, it is an exciting announcement. But until then, tide yourself over on September nineteenth with our uh, discussion show at Public Assembly in Williamsburg, where we won't be talking PM, about our big announcement. Where we won't be talking about our big announcement. But we will be having fun with you, the listener. Uh, so now it's time to move on to the Flophouse Mailbag. This is the part where we read letters that you sent us in and make fun of you, maybe. Normally, I would sing a song about it, but we're running out of time, so let's do this thing. So this one's titled Name Dropping for Fun and Profit, and it's from Patrick, last name withheld. Oh, we're not going to drop that name, huh, Patrick? He says, Dear Floppers, I can't help <laughs> noticing the value you all place on name dropping. For instance, Elliot can't stop talking about his high school girlfriend, Anne Hathaway. <laughs> I never talk about her. Was not my girlfriend. <laughs> So I think it's only appropriate that I do a little name dropping in order to get a mention on a podcast with upwards of hundreds of listeners. We have plenty of listeners. Ellen especially prepare to meet your heart out. Eat your heart out. I am the grandson of mildly famous actor Eddie Bracken. Oh, I'm a big fan of Eddie Bracken. that Eddie Bracken from Miracle of Morgan's Creek. Hail the conquering hero. And most importantly, not most importantly... National Lampoon's Vacation. <laughs> I saw him on stage in a production of Carousel at the Paper Mill Playhouse years ago. I was very excited. I'm a uh, big fan of Eddie Bracken. Nice to meet you, Patrick Bracken. Maybe. Question uh, mark. He Question says, mark? I'm sure you're interested in the hours of in-depth behind He's, the scenes. You know what? He lived in New Jersey, not far from where I grew up, and I kick myself all the time that I was too old. It wasn't until I was, when I was old enough to think of like going and trying to get in touch with him. He was too old, and he had passed away at that point, but... Sad, really. I wish I'd gotten to know Eddie Bracken. Well, you were about to through the miracle of this email. <gasps> the miracle of this Morgan's Creek email? Mm-hmm. He says, I'm sure you're interested in the hours of in-depth, behind-the-scenes anecdotes I could share. Yeah. Unfortunately, I was foolishly more interested in proving to my grandfather that I loved him for who he was, not for his profession, so I failed to ask him much about his Hollywood life. There are, however, some tidbits I can share with you. That was a weird moment. <laughs> I'm sure you will find these fascinating. Number one, Judy Garland was not always sober. Number two, Mickey Rooney was kind of a womanizer. Number three, Betty Davis was a bitch. You're welcome, floppers. Keep up the great work. Wait a minute. (laughs) So there you go. So Eddie Bracken told you the most famous things about those people. (laughs) Is it possible he didn't know anything? (laughs) That Eddie Bracken didn't know any Eddie Bracken stories? (laughs) I don't think he's actually related to Eddie Bracken. He just looked on the internet for info. I would be so so betrayed if someone claimed to be Eddie Bracken's grandson and was not. I'm such a big Eddie Bracken fan. Um, So you should... You're you're snacking on Bracken. (laughs) I don't know what that, <laughs> that, that was. That was when he came out with the Bracken Bar. It was it was chocolate around peanut, and then there was some of his own skin in the center. Oh, that's delicious! <laughs> it was, and that came out around World War II when nougat was really high, highly rationed. Yeah, exactly. They couldn't get nougat, so they replaced it with Eddie Bracken skin cells. Sure. It was the Bracken Bar, and he would say, "You're snacking on Bracken." <laughs> Who would he say that to? Just people on the street, well, or advertisements? Was, oh, was, you know, oh, it was newsreels okay. or people on the streets. Sure, I mean that's free advertising. He did live on Cannibal Island, so <laughs> yeah, okay. he would say that to people there too. Is that in New Jersey? <laughs> yes, Cannibal Island. It's not actually an island. So, so. Eddie Bracken, <laughs> this one is uh, titled "What Are You Guys Doing?" It's from David. Doing Lassen a podcast, uh. <laughs> Come on, well, Einstein. <laughs> Real observer, Sherlock. That one and next. <laughs> Letter. Way to observe reality, Sir Francis Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> this one is from David, last name withheld. He says... It's not my brother, is it? Dear eloquent Elliot, salacious stew, and dashing Dan, I was re-listening to some older episodes of the Flophouse, and I noticed a disturbing trend over the past few years. 
Lately, when you need a guest host, Dan or Elliot grab another writer from The Daily Show and bring them on for the podcast. But it's a different writer every time. None of them seems willing or able to return for a second guest host outing. Are the movies just too much for them? Is Dan's apartment such a horror show that they won't return? Yes. Are you guys driving them off with your obscene behavior and tuxedo speedos? Possibly. Or is there something more sinister occurring as you work your way through Daily Show writers one by one? That's from David. Last name with hell. So is he implying that we are murdering da- my coworkers and your it's like coworkers? A, like a body snatchers thing. Body we're, snatchers? Yeah, they're coming over and we're like turning them into fucking mummies or something and sending <laughs> them back out. And, and we're th- keeping their original bodies, I don't know, for food or something. <laughs> well, it makes sense to me. Officers, arrest us. <laughs> um, I mean, we yeah, had... Yeah, I don't know. They, we like to mix it up, you know? Yeah, the, the, the simple answer is we try and... Cast a wide net. Yeah. I mean... Not everyone wants to come and watch a bad movie and then talk about it more than once. And also, there's... I mean... And it's a weeknight. It's like a school night. It's usually a weeknight, and we've been trying to schedule it lately, so all three of us are available, so we don't have to get subs. Yeah, not to get into, like, the boring, like, actual nuts and bolts. Too late. Not... (laughs) You asked for it, David. (laughs) Here's the not-joke answer, which is, number one, that we have had repeat uh, people. We had Juvenon twice. And number two... We've asked people on as a repeat person. We asked Hallie back, but she's yeah. been busy. Be other people have lives. They're not just raring to go for the flop house. Mm-hmm. Me, the, I'm raring. <laughs> but Stewart's always raring to go. Whether it's to go to the flop house or go to the park. We're actually taking him to the vet. But he thinks he's going to the park. <laughs> hey, Stu, shaking your leash. Okay, where are we going? Uh, the park. Oh, that's cool. Actually, the vet. <laughs> Should I bring my, my bag of toys with me? Or? Uh, no. <laughs> Leave but my uh, toys. Okay, bring your rectum and make sure it's thermometer available. <laughs> okay, I'll get some baby wipes and clean it out. He's going to the vet. <laughs> anyway, Dan, you're saying? A little bit of improv comedy for you, Dan. We did that one for you. <laughs> Sorry. Whose line is the name anyway, guys? <laughs> yep, that's what, what that was. <laughs> Give us another suggestion, Dan, so we can improv a scene off it. Okay. Well, this this suggestion is titled Boring. Oh, so they must—they saw Battleship too. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> yeah, that's a high five for you guys. Take that! that is doing it. Take that! The thousands of people who worked on Battleship. <laughs> <laughs> this one's from Joel. Last name withheld, and he says, "Hi, floppers. I've enjoyed listening to the podcast. I've observed that your final judgments can be boiled down to one criterion: if it's boring, it's bad. A movie can be ineptly plotted, insultingly directed, and the actors can be either wooden or Nick Cageian." And you guys will give it a pass, or at least consider it. But if there's a moment of dullness in the approximately 82-minute running time, that's the kiss of death. This thing was 132 minutes. Not that I, minutes. Not that I disagree. A boring movie usually does suck. I'm just pointing out that your final judgment is really, is this boring? Which leads me to my movie nerd question. Can you name some dull movies that you actually like? I'd hold up things like Bergman's Winter Light or The Passion of Joan of Arc as films that are objectively dull, but I like them a lot. On a wholly unrelated note, have any of you seen Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, a rare film that's a horror comedy satire that's genuinely funny? I'll answer the second question first. I saw that movie, enjoyed it. Not quite as much as I would like, but it's it's solid. (laughs) Because you really like to enjoy things. (laughs) I do like to enjoy things. Yeah, Dan hates to not enjoy stuff. He hates sighing. This podcast... It's taught us anything. It's how much I like to enjoy stuff. Uh, I haven't seen that yet, but I'd like to. It's on my Netflix queue. 
Uh, um, so dull movies, dull like what, like Spaceballs? No, I think he's, I think there he's are definitely right. dull movies that I, I mean, I enjoy a lot of the Craymaster movies, which are deathly dull. Those are incredibly boring, but I, but interesting. Are they? I mean, but that's a, that's the question. Like, there's a difference between dull and slow, like, well, or dull and uneventful. Like, I, there is, but those movies and and many times are boring. But it's there. It's there's a kind of boring movie that accumulates over time mm-hmm. to the point where even if it's dull for a moment, the end result is you feel like you've experienced something. Tree of Life, for instance, was a movie I enjoyed a lot, and there were a lot of moments in it that I thought were incredibly powerful. But there are other also moments that felt necessary to the movie that were very boring. And at the end of the movie, I felt like I had been through this experience, but there were definitely points during it where I found it dull, but dull for a reason. Uh, but then there are movies like Battleship, where it's both boring and, at the end of it, I have gained nothing. But, I mean, there's, like, a certain deliberateness to movies that doesn't necessarily mean dullness. Like, it means that they are... No, yeah, but sometimes it, it means it's dull. Okay. <laughs> I, just, I, I, I would argue, I guess, with the point of there's a slowness that can be, you know, like, it's not exciting, but you you understand what the what the movie's doing like why that is happening yeah like uh i don't know like people talk about like oh. dull versus deliberate well yeah exactly but you can't spell deliberate without dull oh, uh, no deliberate like like tokyo story by ozu for instance is like a, an acknowledged classic that is a, a slow movie where not a lot happens in the traditional plot sense. Mm, I don't know. It's built up of incident. I guess that's true. But uh, Well, like he mentioned Passion of Joan of Arc, which I do not find dull at all. Mm. Like that's an exciting movie to me. This woman is in constant ang- ang- uh, anxiety and trauma through the whole movie. And then, you know, she gets burned to death at the end. Spoiler alert. They don't save Joan of Arc at the end of the movie. Well, that's too bad. But I think that when we talk about <laughs> dullness, often what we're talking about when we talk about dullness is we're watching a movie that is making no interesting choices throughout the film. Like, it is making, at every step, the choice that we have seen in other movies before. Maybe, yeah. That's that's a factor to it. I mean, just taking, like, Battleship to today as as a uh, as a case study, like, the stuff we liked at the beginning, we enjoyed just because it was... Un- unexpected. We did not expect there to be a lot about a, stealing a chicken burrito at the beginning of a intergalactic uh, war movie. And That's then true. in the middle of the movie, it was just a bunch of explosions, and there was no reason to sympathize with any of the characters. Like nothing. No. There was there was only the most perfunctory uh, like personality building of all that. So it was just like okay, well. This is one choice after another that I've seen in alien invasion movies before. And maybe if I was watching this movie in 1930, I'd be thrilled. But now. Well, you'd just be amazed that the movie is in color. Yeah. (laughs) All those special effects. You've just Mm -hmm. seen. 1930, King Kong isn't even out yet. 1930, you would be amazed that hip uh, hip hop R&B star Rihanna (laughs) is Mm -hmm. starring in a movie. Really? She's moving into film, huh? Not that umbrella song? Umbrella, Ella, Ella. My umbrella. (laughs) Yep. Hit star Rihanna. That's my 1930s guy who's a fan of Rihanna. Oh, that's what you were doing. That makes sense. She's my favorite Negress singer. (laughs) It's the 30s. They're racist then. Yeah, no. Uncomfortable. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I like like slow movies, but yeah, I think think you're right. There's a difference between slow and dull. I think there is, but sometimes movies are dull. But not not always. And in a, a lot bad of the way. ones we watch are dull. But the ones we watch are dull in the bad way. Yeah. Yeah. Like Battleship is not necessarily a slow movie, 
No. There's, there's always something happening. There's always something happening. The camera's always cutting. There's always explosions or guys giving one-liners. The, the soundtrack keeps changing. They play most of the song Thunderstruck, which is an exciting song, like... But it's you know it's put together in a boring way. But that's why I'm saying that's why I argue that dullness is actually an uninteresting choice being made. Like if something if we're seeing something new on screen, something that is not the typical like if if someone acts unexpected and human, you've become desensitized to. Yeah, I have. I've seen so many movies that like everything seems so diagrammatic, and dull to me means like okay, this is just like fucking this is a spare parts movie they went to the junkyard of movies and they put together a bunch of pieces i think i like, saw I that when i watched real movie. steel i guess but there's still <laughs> there's still movies that i've seen where they make interest they make not the choices i would expect but it's still boring well like days of heaven is a movie like that where it's the choice for most directors would be to focus on the story Whereas his choice there is to pay as little attention to the plot of his movie as possible. The plot's still going on in the background, but he's not interested. And it's beautiful, but it's very boring. Whereas I would argue that Days of Heaven is not boring. Well, I find it so boring. I like that movie. And I'm not a fan. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, That's a movie. (laughs) What is it, a movie? Days of Thunder? What? (laughs) Let's move on, in that case, to our final, or not final judgments, our We just did that. that We all said great, great movie. We all loved it. We We said it's our pick of the year. We said best picture, Battleship. Uh, Second runner-up, Norbit, again. (laughs) Came out years ago. (laughs) Well, we just keep voting for it, I guess. Number three, Meet Dave. And number four, <laughs> a thousand words. A thousand words. Eddie Murphy has swept <laughs> all Eddie but Murphy, the top spot. Creepy. <laughs> uh, this is the part of the podcast where we talk about movies that we've seen that we would recommend that we genuinely liked in some way. Stuart, what do you have to say for yourself? Bum, bum, bum. Well, the other day, guys, I was watching a movie about robots fighting. Okay. Is it called Robot Jocks? It was called Robot Jocks. I'm recommending <laughs> Robot Jocks, everybody. Stuart Gordon's wow. Robot Jocks. Amazing <laughs> movie. Robot Jocks. Huh? Telegraph that one, huh? Yeah. Okay, go, Elliot. <laughs> Wait, wow, there's nothing you want to say about Robot Jocks? You want to explain jocks? why you're recommending Robot uh, Jocks? So good about Robot Jocks other than Robots Fighting, which well, is a pretty convincing I mean, argument. Pretty Except we just saw a movie that... At its basic core was people fighting robots. Mm-hmm. They were aliens, but they looked like robots. Yeah, but I didn't boring. recommend that one. I'm recommending this one. <laughs> so, but I'm just—they should take it on the strength of my recommendation alone. I mean, there's already I've been never contro- lied to anybody. There's ever. been controversy about some of your recommendations. Okay, fine. Who gives a shit? Watch Castle Freak then. <laughs> okay, so to summarize. Robot watch jocks. one of two different Stuart Gordon movies: either Ro- Robot Jocks, which was his big either, bu- budget either, smash, either Robert Jocks. <laughs> yeah, or it was. That was a a non big budget non smash. Yeah, robot jocks probably bigger budget than he's used to working with. But yeah, uh, as Elliot alluded to earlier in the podcast, <gasps> uh, we've been on the road for two weeks. Yep, just living life, chasing the American dream. No, <laughs> not doing that. Just going through town, solving people's <laughs> problems, working for you know twelve hours a day. Like quantum leap. Just uh, yeah, like quantum leap. Like a lot of... Uh, Except we were traveling in space, not time. <laughs> we, we were it was work- mostly being in hotels and then being in big rooms, uh, cement rooms writing, and then being back in hotels. Yeah, watching speeches by politicians. Yeah, so I haven't had a lot of chance to watch uh, new movies. So this is going to be a qualified recommendation from me. <laughs> I, uh, hey, Dan, watch it on a plane if you have to <laughs> recommendation. <Wow. laughs> Wow, I this think is a, a movie, fair thing to say. This is know. a movie I think would be better than having your nuts crushed by a sledgehammer. That's Dan's recommendation. Dan's seal of nut approval. 
Uh, I watched. Uh, if you had a choice between being <laughs> blinded with a hot poker and watching this movie, did that consider the Mortals movie too, or just the nut smash? Just the again? nut smash. Oh, okay. Uh, when I returned to Brooklyn, I watched a little movie called Piranha Two: Colon The Spawning. Okay. Uh, which is a movie I've been curious about for a while, uh, mainly because it was it's listed as James Cameron's, uh, I think, earliest film. However, he was replaced. From what I understand, you know, a week or two into filming by the producer of the movie. So I don't know how much of the film was actually directed. His, his vision? By James Well, does Cameron. anyone turn into liquid metal? No, but Lance Henriksen is in it. So okay. uh, at least the casting, I assume, was overseen by uh, Mr. Jim Cameron himself. But uh, this is a fun uh, B-movie about flying piranha <laughs> that fly around. Like, not only do they fly, they're not like flying fish flying piranha. They're like hummingbirds. They can, like, hover <laughs> around people and, like, chew off their neck. Uh, while, so, while hovering. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's set up like a classic disaster movie. You, uh, you, you run into a bunch of goofy types who are at this resort community. Um, and it's got uh, Lance Henriksen, as I said, as a police chief. So he's not one of the piranhas. <laughs> no, he's young. <laughs> that would have been great if he was in a big piranha costume. They, could, they have a tiny piranha when there's another actor, but then they cut to close-ups of the piranha, and clearly Lance Henriksen in the costume. <laughs> I'm going to bite you. I'm a piranha. Jim Cameron. Jim Cameron's amazing at, at special effects, man. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I'm sure he could make he it He can work. do anything. He can make the man behind Millennium. Look like a piranha. No, like it's <laughs> weird man. to see. No, not the man behind Millennium. The man on Millennium. <laughs> Chris TV Carter show. was the man behind Millennium. Oh, okay. It's weird to see a young Lance <laughs> Henriksen and realize that while he looks younger, he never did not look weathered. Yeah. Like, he's still, like yeah. as a young man, he was still a weathered. A yeah. boyhood accident. <laughs> <laughs> boyhood accident at a glue factory and a tanning lamp. <laughs> but there, I mean, like there's some slow parts. But if you want like a sleazy B movie with like flying piranhas that eat people and top then of ladies, really, there's around. only one movie to see. Then <laughs> watch Piranha Two. I like you're qualifying it. And when you get to the point where if you want to see a movie with flying piranhas, there's you only see one a movie, movie with Lance Henderson where he pilots uh, he pilots a helicopter out in the middle of the ocean to save people from. Fly piranhas. Then this you is the one. Have, oh no! I, see, I've watch. seen you. I've seen you use this trick before. The trick of just describe the movie. <laughs> if you want to see a movie where an aging Hollywood star hires a screenwriter for her big comeback, and they become lovers, and then she shoots him, Sunset Boulevard is the movie for you. <laughs> not Piranha. Piranha Two. The <laughs> not spawning. Piranha Two. The Spawning. Or that any sounds other movie. like Piranha Two. The Spawning. From what no, Dave no. just said. If you want to see a movie where a bunch of crazy guys in New York are busting ghosts, <laughs> Piranha Two. The movie is not the movie for you. <laughs> You guys, You've got two options for that. We've movie. got some solid recommendations, Ellie. Where are you going to go with You guys this? are a bunch of assholes. <laughs> not in conclusion, on, I have a recommendation. <laughs> I'll quickly recommend two movies I saw recently. This may still be in the theaters uh, when you hear this. A movie called Premium Rush with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh yeah, about I a, that. a bike messenger that gets his hands on an item that he that other people want and uh, is being chased. Who's the guy who plays the cop? Michael Shannon. Michael, Michael Shannon plays crazy a great face. crazy crazy <laughs> crazy face Shannon plays a, the man who looks but like a Dick Tracy villain. In, in Premium Rush. He's, he's in a comedy role. He's very funny and it's it's a kind of low scale, small scale comedy I would like not thriller but thrill ride. There's a lot of scenes of him, of Joseph Gordon-Levitt it's like biking movie. through traffic. Yeah, there's a lot of good chase scenes. It's a it's a fun B comedy chase movie. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot, and I would recommend it. Here's my classic film recommendation to balance out Robot classic Jocks and Piranha 2: The Spawning. <laughs> is uh, 
one of uh, Claude Chabrol's early films, a thing called Les Bonnes Femmes, uh, The Good Girls or The Good Time Girls. And it is a very early French New Wave movie who's about a bunch of girls who work at a shop together and kind of each one is yearning in a different way for a more exciting life than they have. One sleeps around, one has stage dreams, and another one is in love with a man from afar. And the tone of the movie changes very quickly from scene to scene in a way that is sometimes disorienting, like, what? And is sometimes very exciting. And it goes to places you don't necessarily expect it to go to. And there's a lot of just kind of very lively... Uh, French New Wave characters experiencing a situation scenes. And the girls in it, some of them are very cute, and you see them in bathing suits in one scene. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. So three recommendations for Battleship. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think all recommendations for Battleship and Le Bon Femme. Uh, hey, guys. What's up? It's been beautiful seeing you. Oh, yeah, we're all done, right? It's been just... Just been, a, just been a treat. Yeah, I let's, you guys. Before we leave, let's what? remind people again, September 19th, <laughs> Williamsburg, Public Assembly. We're yep. going to be doing a show with the I Love Bad Movie people. Maybe do some uh, callback yucks. Some I, callback yucks. There'll I be trivia you, contest questions. I thought you, I thought you were going to say, before we leave, let's all promise to meet back here. <laughs> let's meet back here in one year, yep. on this date, in the same place, and that, do another podcast. That, then we'll catch if that we're kid, not married finally. By then. We'll catch that kid, bag that bird, all the things we wanted, <laughs> all the callbacks. The whole time. Uh, and we'll have a big announcement, maybe for the next episode, possibly. Right. Yeah, be just, just, just keep, just, just, just tantalize, just tease them. a little bit, just give them a tease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And show, until them, then, show them your bra strap. And until then, mm-hmm. September nineteenth. It's amazing when I was a kid how hot a bra strap would make me, and now I've that does not have any effect. Yeah, on you me. start pawing at the earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would turn into a Tex Avery wolf. Yeah. <laughs> now you would not believe the sick shit it takes to turn Elliot on. Exactly. Oh, are you kidding? Come on, it's not even legal. <laughs> All right. Well, on that creepy it's note, it's barely legal. <laughs> Just barely. <laughs> let's let's sign this thing off for the Flophouse. I've been Dan McCoy. Uh, yeah, I'm Stuart Wellington. And unless wow. I'm uh, unless wow. I'm legally culpable, I'm Elliot Kalen. Good night, everyone. Boom. <laughs> you really lost energy there, Stuart. Yeah, it got me. The Bud Light got to me. <laughs> I mean, come on, she can't help it. Check one for me. Check two for me. And this is for Stuart. <laughs> Checkity check. Checkerino. Checks? Czech Republic. All right, well. Let's fucking get this shit underway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do it to it. Mm-hmm. Glue it.